Welcome back to The Resupply with me, Guy Next Door. And me, DK. Bringing you your weekly double tap of all things Space Marines and Laser Force. Uh, we've, we've done it. We've reached the end of our extensive deep dive into the Space Marines' positions. Well done, everyone. It's, for it's an around. end. It's not the end. Uh, yeah, it's an end. We're probably, I mean, like you said, we could like, we could go deeper. We could, we could go much deeper. Uh, but, That's what know. she said. <laughs> um but yeah so the, the the ultimate position in my in my point of view uh is the heavy role um but you know we we figured we'd probably um like to to hear from a seasoned vet a professional at the heavy role um and... okay we know you won all-star heavy last year <laughs> stop sucking your own dick <laughs> no not me not me i don't know shit that was a fluke oh oh uh, not you no 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 not me we, we're gonna bring uh the other how brother the better one <laughs> to the to the mic this week he's taking some time out of his um busy schedule to come and talk to us but um welcome to the to the mike baden what up man hey. thanks man how's it going good bro good it's good to talk to you again yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute. Um, but yeah, we figure like there's there's probably no one better that we could think of, aside from three other people, to talk about the heavy role with. So, thank, thanks for helping yeah. us out with this one. Yeah, let me guess. I was the only one that uh, responded. <laughs> yeah, on like the very short notice that we like to give people. <laughs> yeah, like day before. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't like a, a thunder situation where we miss a gym halfway through recording a podcast. <laughs> Be like, Can hey, you please bro? add some crying children to the background. <laughs> really, <laughs> hang on. I'm sure I could. Oh, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, as always, I lean on DK for being the the intellect of of this pod, and so like for any sort of structure, that it's all him. So do you want to kick us off? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so uh, a couple of things with heavy. Uh, my usual kind of five points. Number one that I have is just the the management of shots and lives is so much more important as a heavy than anything else. Obviously, for every position, you're going to need to manage your shots and lives intelligently, but it's like that to the nth degree mm. with heavy because you resupply fairly slowly. Your maximums are not as high as if you're a commander or a scout. And a lot of times those things come at a premium because if you get put down at the wrong time or you find yourself low or critical at the wrong time, it can really mess things up for your team. Mm -hmm. So I think just kind of knowing how to manage your shots and lives and not waiting until you're on the brink of death or you're nearly out of shots to go to resupply and to let them know that, hey, give me a quick tap now. Take them when you can get them mm -hmm. and just kind of exist in that that sort of middle realm of, in, in ideal circumstances, you can get all the way full, but you can't count on that. But nor should you ever intend on running yourself down to, to next to nothing. So what, what what are your thoughts on that, Baden? I mean, yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Um, I don't know how many people actually count or manage their lives now. Uh, if you look at previous stats, we have the heavies sauntering off into the lobby because he completely fucked up how many lives he had left <laughs> and got nuked out. Um, it happens at least once or twice every tournament. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's happened to me too. I'm, I'm guilty of it all the same. I didn't hear my pack say low or cred and all of a sudden I've been tripled and killed out. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gen 8 definitely helps with that. So. Yeah, yeah before everybody started cheating and just looking at the back of their guns, <laughs> lazy yeah. players. 
it uh it's certainly taken a little bit of the skill out you know uh but yeah like there's there's nothing quite um frustrating <laughs> as a heavy that when you're you know when your resupply aren't clicking and they give you resupply at inopportune moments like yeah. Are you trying to give me PTSD at Brisbane, dude? <laughs> Boys. <laughs> um, if I could, or I would could, sit it up. It could a... be worse, like what happened in the, the grand final of Detroit in 2013, the last time I played there, where I also happened to be playing heavy that year. And we went into the grand final knowing that we were underdogs and all that. So we had to try this kind of risky strategy where we were going to try to take the opposite side of the field where we tended to play better from. So just make a mad bum rush at it. Um, but we got kind of cut off. And at one point um, I got shots without getting live. So missing that one double and uh, yeah, I got killed out on negative 40 points Oof. in about one minute of play. So that risky strategy didn't work so well. Brutal. I'm proud of you for bringing that up. <laughs> a, oh, no, I'm man. more than happy to relive all of my shame on this show over and over again. <laughs> um, but yeah, like not managing that properly and some of that doesn't like necessarily come down to the heavy like if you're playing with some inexperienced resupply who you know prone to panicking or, or whatever um yeah it that can sort of contribute as well but yeah like it i guess the buck stops with that person like it's your responsibility to make sure that you don't die out of the game <laughs> yeah and it's actually happened a couple of times where I've been refing a game and there has been, you know, a situation where a heavy does get killed out relatively early in the game. And there is an implication that, well, there may have been an, a rules infraction, like a chase or something like that, that contributed to that situation, mm. which is definitely brutal. And we've had to have sort of long conversations about whether or not, you know, we needed to, to look at, does this game need to be replayed or something like that? But mm. a point I've kind of come back to time and again is, yeah, but the bottom line is don't get yourself to one or two lives and you won't be in that kind of terrible situation. Yeah, if the refs miss something, that sucks. But if you don't put yourself in that bad situation in the first place, then the other team cheating won't make quite as big of a difference. So if I can just touch base on that quickly, because that, that's kind of a sore point with me. The amount of times that I have seen people, told people over and over again, like if, if you're getting hit by a commander and a scout over and over and they keep coming in, the second you mutual with them or the second you put down the three hit, just your ammo or medic, whoever there, they should both be waiting for you to give the signal Absolutely. or just hit you yeah. and put you down. Usually wait, but the amount of times I see the heavy put down the commander, put down the scout, they just stand there. Yeah. Six seconds of dead time for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Um, back in my fatter days when I didn't want to run, I would be <laughs> really guilty of just standing there doing absolutely nothing, whereas when I got healthier and more fitter now, I would get hit, run out, make a path, come back in, they can't do anything against me anyway. They might try and shoot my medical ammo, but I'm going to come up and put them down before they get a chance to do it. But yeah. That's the yeah. biggest pet peeve is watching people take an onslaught, lose a bunch of lives, run out of shots when they could have been getting resupplied every single time that mm. they mutual with the commander. So yeah. it's, it's that wasted, like either wasted actions or wasted time, I suppose, like for the heavy, uh, like, you I mean, know, we, we said in the, the last pod, um, you know, don't nuke as a commander don't nuke for no reason like there's no reason as a heavy why you should be standing there with you know one hit point um you know when there's other people you know especially if the three hit has just been put down like you said 
Yeah, like even like the expectation is if your commander's out there attacking, he wants you as close to full as you can be when he comes back. So there's no downtime. You don't give that other team any chance to breathe and like recuperate. Yeah. So even the most frustrating things that I've been playing commander when I run back and I'm like, okay, to the heavy, can you go? They're like, Oh, oh no! Uh, no, no, I'm low. I'm low. Like, oh, I only have uh, six lives. And it's like uh, I've had both scouts and both three heads on me. What the hell have you been doing? <laughs> well, we had a commander. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. He came back to stop me. So again, what yeah. were you doing? <laughs> uh, well, you see, I saw this really cool painting on that wall, so I just stood there for fifteen <laughs> minutes staring at it. <laughs> One of the black lights was flickering, and like I was trying to figure out if I could reach up and like fix it. I can go from zero to nearly having a heart attack in two seconds when someone tells me they haven't got full while I've been gone. <laughs> it's yeah. true. We we have all seen Angry Baden come back and it's like, oh, what have you fuckers been doing? Yeah, pretty much. It's like I've, I've been running into a brick wall and you're all just standing there talking. About this. But I'm not like well, that that's, anymore. That's probably a, a good transition, though, to the second point, which I just put in all caps in my notes, which is defense. Like yeah. the heavy is always going to be the primary kind of line of defense, just kind of by the design of the game. Mm. There's nothing in the rules or the software or anything else that says that the heavy has to be the defensive player. It just kind of stands to the most reason that, well, since they have the lowest caps, mm. they refill the slowest. It makes sense for them to stay close to the resupply. And because they can take everybody else down in one shot and everybody except the opposing heavy is going to take at least two shots to take them out. Mm. They obviously make a really effective kind of wall. Mm. but how you orchestrate that defense I think is going to vary a little bit and the more experienced players are going to be able to set up a better kind of defensive network because the the first thing I tell newer players about okay you're a heavy you're going to need to defend which probably hopefully they've learned at least a little bit about the game because heavy is usually the last thing that I'll try to train somebody on because it's by far the hardest position is okay you have to defend the resupply and so they get into their head that they're standing right next to the resupply all the time and you really can't defend very well. There are some exceptions in some fields, but by and large, you're going to have to manage your defense to be at least kind of one chase length away from the resupply, if not more. So what what are some some good kind of post-up defense strategies you kind of look for as a heavy bid? Uh, well, my biggest thing, especially in Detroit, is obviously it depends on what side you're starting on, but if you're on green... If you've got a like half decent ammo, they can sit on green ramp, they can see into tower, they can see into the, um, all that sort of thing. So as a heavy, there's no point you sticking back there. Uh, I like to play and go up as far as like the entrance into tower on green side, or I'll even sit in the back corner. You're going to shoot anyone in the back that's trying to hit them. Um, but again, it comes down to reading the game. Mm. Uh, if you see that you're absolutely smashing and railing on that other team and they can't send anyone out, 95% of the time I'm going to go out there and back up my commander so he can go further down the ramp and I can catch in and run it up. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's so hard to say. Like You could say a plan, but if you can't read the game and understand how things are going or where people are going to go, then it's just not going to work. Um, yeah. And, my- yeah, and that, that's actually good for anticipating my, my next point too, which is kind of like the awareness and transition game. But all of these all filter into to one another anyway. And... Like I always, I tell players that, you know, even though I say that your role is kind of defensive, that doesn't mean that there is this kind of hard line between offense and defense because it's not like other sports where, well, the team that has the ball is on offense and the other team is the defense. <laughs> yeah. Like you're always on offense, you're always on defense yeah. in, in these Marines. So it, good defense turns into good offense and vice versa. Mm. 
I'm sure that you guys can all agree with me on this. Like, there's nothing that'll irritate you more when you're playing a scout or a commander. You have heavy pressure on the other team. You look back, and your heavy is standing right next to your resupply for no nothing. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, that's uh, more common than not these days, which sucks, but it is what it is. There is yeah. there is exceptions to that. So, like, um, you know, I think it's it, it can come down to the maze as well. So, in our maze, like, um, the resupply, there, there's there's kind of two main resupply points, as there often is in, in main uh, in the arenas. But um, it's hard for the heavy to kind of push out and float um, in a position where they can kind of add a little bit of pressure onto. Um, onto the other team uh, unless they're actually you know on attack um whereas like um in brisbane you know you're playing a lot of uh zones and so you can kind of i you know i found last year at nationals you know it it was um a different way that that we've been playing at home like you could actually push out and control a, a zone of the arena and be a reasonable distance away from your resupply and not have to worry too much about it um but yeah like if, if you're in that situation where you have options but you're but you your default is to kind of just stand there waiting for something to happen to you like mm, it's not great I, th- I think just kind of the general rule regardless of the field is play out as far as you can but no farther than that mm. Assume, which it, may, which may mean you're only one chase length away from your resupply. It might mean that you're halfway across the field if there's a, just a lot of dead space in between yeah, you and the resupply. If you have a relatively you know, good line and, of sight back to them. Yeah, so that that's that's kind of key there. So I mean, kind of getting back to Detroit applications, since I'm sure that's what um, a lot of people <laughs> I definitely want to hear. Yeah, Baden is. Um, I would agree, having played the field, uh, that that's a sort of a good idea on the the green side. What about red side? Because that was the side that we were having more trouble with in 2013. That led to that <laughs> kind of famous um, incident. <laughs> Yeah, um, red side's a little bit more tricky. You can't push out as far, at least I don't feel too comfortable with that because obviously when you're running from tower uh, red side into the top of red ramp, that whoever's running in there can set a path on you, so you can't do anything to stop them from going down your ramp and murdering yeah. them. Um, if you remember when you're coming up to the top of red ramp to the very top of that platform thing that looks into tower and so forth, I played yeah, to the right of that. shaped bend. Yeah, I play to the right of that, so I can see back corner, I can see tower, and I can see through the window to my left. Um, and I kind of float there. There's a couple of dicey shots you can do there, but the other thing that uh, you can't prevent is someone coming up the ramp, which, from previous experience, not a lot of people pay attention to that. Um, in the few games that I was playing offensive as a heavier commander in Detroit uh, before I quit playing there, I would run up the ramp and murder the resupply every single time. Um, they wouldn't see me come up, and by the time they did it, it was too late. I've put three or four of them down, and then they get flustered. They run up to the top of red because they can't come to me, and they're pincered. They're trapped. So the ammo medic, there's a window halfway up the middle of the ramp on red, and that can see you into the red starting point, the red base, what they call blue base, which I'm sure everyone will go over in depth when people get there. Um, But you can see people come from any direction to get up that red ramp, and there's also two windows that you can shoot between. So... Your heavy can't protect you if they're up, up top, which is where you want your heavy to be in that circumstance. Mm. But at least the ammo medic can give them a heads up to spin, come back down, and shoot them as they're crossing a window or something to that effect. Right. Uh, 
it's so hard to try and explain it over a podcast. Oh um, yeah, with no like, with no like, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, I don't know if I, if I should if I should be like impressed or depressed that I was able to follow all that having <laughs> played the Detroit field like a couple of times. Yeah, and it's pretty easy to do. Um, but the only downside is the heavy mat aspect is if you're up in that little corner looking at the three angles, if you get put down in that direction, you cannot, you'd have to run all the way back down to the middle of the red ramp to set up a path without getting shot because there's obviously those windows that look down the top of red that they can shoot you through. Um, yeah, that's a long they, length they can just come around the corner and hit you as well. So everyone's got a different play style. That's what I found has worked best for me in the time that I've got there. Um, Josh plays it completely different as well. He's like a little speedster, so obviously he can get where he needs to go in a pretty short amount of time. Mm. Um, Ugh, yeah. That fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the benefit of speed on his side, dude. Um, That's just hashtag yeah. humble brag. <laughs> when everyone gets there everyone's going to have their own views on how that should be played so i mean take what i'm saying with the grain of salt there'll be people that strongly disagree with what i do uh but i mean it's it's worked so right just yeah, ask, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see really what people make of that field altogether because i would definitely agree that red is sort of the the harder side to, to play in the Detroit field yeah so yeah i mean when people get there if i'm around at all i'm happy to show people how I play heavy in that arena. Um, and they can, be just, awesome. <laughs> they can just build off it from that pretty much. Sweet. Well, I would definitely take notes on that. And Tom, you have your, your note now on how to play green side. So Mr. Tall Ammo, you can keep a lookout <laughs> on the, the back line and uh, you know, yeah. send, send me or whoever else ends up playing heavy a little bit forward. Yeah. Dude, Tom and, Tom and Fredo. Tom and Fredo should be absolute beasts as ammo in Detroit arena on both sides. Yeah. You can jump from red ramp and show your gun and shoulders and hit people on the green ramp. So, I just expect them to be shooting each other across the field when our, <laughs> when our team play. That's, it's just going to be the across field. Yeah. Uh, being tall in that arena is fantastic because if anyone's running down red ramp to shoot you, you just jump above the wall and shoot them in the crouch and they can't do anything. That's going to be my excuse for why I suck this year. Yeah, me too. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to allow that. <laughs> So, fair enough. Fair enough. So, so yeah. So, uh, so defense is definitely important because you are oftentimes going to be the most important defender. But again, there's no sharp line between defense and offense. Mm. One good turns turns into the other. Um, so that that third point is just on the awareness and the transition aspect. Because, like Baden was saying, there's nothing more frustrating as a commander coming back and wanting to keep the pressure on the opponents and telling your heavy, Hey, can you please go out? And they say, Oh, well, you know, I only have like eight shots or I only yeah. have six lives or something like that. So you need to be able to anticipate when your commander is going to come back when they need stuff. So that way you can continue applying that pressure and make a good kind of switch with them. But by the same token, at least in the Sacramento maze, I think one of the mistakes that people were making a lot was staying out too long as heavy. You want to stay out long enough for your commander to get some resupplies and all that. But if you create such a kind of bubble that, well, your commander is ready to leave, but you're not back yet, mm. and the commander just has to take the risk and just leave the resupply by themselves, that's where we've had a lot of things go wrong. So you need to have the awareness and the presence of mind to say, okay, I've been attacking for such and such length of time, or I've gotten my team in an advantageous position. Can I kind of pass it off to the scouts to sort of hold this position or hold this angle or hold this attack and then go relieve the commander or at least check in on what's happening on the other mm. side? Yeah, if, if you've got good synergy between your three hits, especially in Detroit, if you're the heavy that's out there attacking and trying to keep pressure going on while your commander's getting full, 
you don't need to go back into your seat commander coming back out into the field. Mm. Unless you know that you're missing the opposing team's one of their three hits and you're going to obviously rotate back. Um, but in most circumstances, with how De- Detroit's layout is set up upstairs or downstairs looking through the grades, depending on if they board them up or not, they're out a window, you just know to start bundling off when you see your three hits left your resupply. Um, and then he just takes over seamlessly. It, again, it all comes down to synergy and just being aware of what's happening around. Your pack go lives low. Can put down one or two times, depending on how many nukes have been dropped or if nothing's been dropped. Again, it just comes down to awareness, which you obviously can't teach. But yeah, that sort of stuff like most definitely comes with time. But yeah, like with the, the whole time management thing, like if you if you aren't aware of how long you've been out for, and like I've I've been guilty of doing this, you stay out for too long because you've gone on an awesome run and like punish the, their resupply, but um that means that your commander is most likely not getting special points um which can be you know obviously detrimental because the less special points the less likely they are to drop enough nukes to to kind of end the game in those uh that final kind of third of the game but yeah like it's definitely a balancing act yeah and there's definitely been times in sacramento Anyway, um, you know, when we still had a site <laughs> um, where I would be playing like opposing heavy with Venom or somebody like that, and we would both kind of have the same idea, and we'd sort of not actually cross each other in the middle of the field because if one of us saw the other, we would probably try to react to that. But basically, both of us would go out at the same time and have fun kicking the other team's resupply all the way across the arena to see who could do more damage. But then you come back and it's like, oh, yeah, the commander hasn't gotten any shots. They haven't got resupply because they're trying in vain to hold off this other heavy who's assaulting. So you need to have that kind of awareness of, all right, well, if I'm doing this to their resupply and they're undefended, I wonder where their heavy is. <laughs> yeah. Where do you think they are? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. They can go one or two ways, though, because um, in Detroit, there's some people that both the commander and heavy will go and attack. So if you're the commander and you see that they're both there, what's the logical thing to do? Go out and smash the other team's resupply. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when you've done that, and then the two, three hits return back to the resub, and they're like, ah, where are they? Most cases, the medic or ammo are going to be dead, or they're going to be unable to resupply them, and you've got the, both the opposing teams, uh, commander and heavy, no shots, low lives. As long as you keep bouncing the ammo around, there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. yeah. it's That's definitely a gambit. Like, um, you know, it, it yeah, it goes one of two ways, right? You either send both your three hits out and you completely decimate the other team, or you leave your own resupply open and it goes the other way. So, it's, it's yeah, definitely. That's, really good. That's, that's why it comes back to all these things we've been discussing in the past few weeks about the other positions knowing, you know, how to how to compensate for those things. Yeah. Is the ammo going to do a good enough job keeping the medic alive and knowing how to move around to ensure that things go smoothly? Mm. Are the scouts going to be able to perform their function and kind of help out on the defense? If you have both of the, the three hits pushing the attack, sometimes the, the scouts are going to be more effective pulling back a little bit. Mm. So th- it, that's really where it does become a, a whole team effort because I agree with you that that is you know, again, but it's a risky strategy to, to send out both your three hits on the attack, but sometimes that's what is, is warranted in the situation, and you, I guess, sometimes need to have the confidence that your team is going to prevail in that kind of situation, mm. so it's not always something that you're going to want to try against a team that you think is close in skill level to you or better than you, but sometimes that's actually the only way that you have a good shot against them as well. Yeah, yeah that's where it comes back to the, the start of it, where 
Heavy's unique, and this is what makes it so tricky, is if you're an offensive player, Heavy's not going to be for you. Yeah. If you're a purely defensive player, definitely not going to be for you. You have to find a balance of offense and defense because it's so easy to get carried away when you're out in the field smashing <laughs> the other team's resupply. Because it feels so good, you, right? Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you come back and your commander's like, what the hell were you doing? We just got our asses kicked. I'm crit. Like, what's going on? It's like, oh, I just smashed your reset. I was like, yeah, we just got our asses kicked, dude. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my bad. Because yeah, now you're coming. up on current events. We just got our asses kicked, pal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what starts ringing out. So that's where you've, you've got to find the balance. And again, I wish you could teach people that. Um, but sometimes you just can't. There's some people that think they're top shit heavies because they walk around with like 12, 13K and they're top their team's score. And yeah. then you look at the rest of the team, they're at 3K, Three, 2K. Yeah. They're, all, they're all dead. And they're like, man, I was smashing them. What did you guys do? It's like, well, you're the heavy. You were supposed to defend your team that are now all dead. Hence, you're in the lobby standing right next to me. So yep. good job. Your score's awesome, but we're all dead. Uh, I kind of uh, was guilty of doing that on Tuesday, actually, when we played. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but let me ask you, what was Nationals on Tuesday? No, no, it wasn't. Nationals then you're fine. On Tuesday. You're fine. Plus, we were playing, uh, <laughs> we were playing four on four Space 5. Um, oh, Jesus. Yeah, it was. And there's a new maze that's open up nearby where we are. And uh, it's it's pretty small and very fast. So the, it, it actually worked out all right playing with no scouts, but... It's, it's not Speaking the same. Speaking of humble brags. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm Steve. I can play in like four different areas if I want to. <laughs> um, yeah, then go go-karting afterwards. So what? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 you're right. Like it's not great. Like if you are just straight up on attack and the rest of your team suffers because of it, like they, they rely on you to, know what you're supposed to be doing like know what your role is and your role isn't to be the main attacking role that's not what you what you're about like you definitely have to contribute um yeah i, I was gonna say although, although i do have my my notes here for for number four that when the situation warrants it you do have the opportunity to be a one person wrecking crew it's amazing as the the heavy there is no other position that has the potential just to decimate another team single-handedly quite the way that that heavy can even commanders you know they may have kind of better sustained offense and they have nukes which are obviously super helpful but just shot for shot nobody's gonna be able to outpace a heavy so if you can really get in there you can kind of solo take a team if you you need to but that again gets back to the awareness situation that that's not always going to be what's called for. And although that's really fun, you usually can't do that for the whole game. Mm. I'd, like, I'd like to give a shout out to Block from Syracuse. That was my commander <laughs> and put me in that position when I was heavy. And I had to send the entire team back and then just go and play a full commander with that nukes type thing. <laughs> I was not a happy chappy after that game. I was exhausted. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. Like... <laughs> If if the situation calls for, and it's usually when the the commander comes back to get some resupply, you know, if you can get that first hit on their heavy and take them down without mutualing, uh, then you know, you it's basically open season on the resupply. Um, oh, heavy boner alert! <laughs> especially in like so, uh, say in Brisbane, if you're attacking the back tower and you can break. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm sorry i didn't realize we had thunder on again <laughs> um <laughs> but 
but yeah um if you yeah breaking into that back tower if you can get that hit on their heavy uh you you could just destroy their resub you could get two or three medikits uh yeah we, we actually have a video on that recorded oh, by yeah. <laughs> you when uh, the two usa teams played each other in brisbane last year yeah uh, sorry disco <laughs> <laughs> uh, that whole back like you know back ramp you just you get crazy resets down there so yeah like if the when the situation calls for it and you go out you kind of have to be as efficient as possible um you know that's 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 your time to shine yeah and and i I think a point that you brought up baden was really interesting where you said if you're somebody who really is a kind of defensive minded player and that's your first instinct you're maybe not going to do that well at heavy which i think uh, is kind of counterintuitive for some people because they think of heavy as a defensive position mm-hmm. but you're right that you need to have both those kind of mindsets in mind if you're somebody who is all defense all the time well maybe ammo is kind of a little bit more suited to the way that, that you're going to play mm-hmm. but heavy you definitely need to be able to embrace both roles yeah you need to be able to switch at the spur of the moment and that's where it all comes down to being able to read the game and see how it's flowing mm-hmm. um yeah, you can't be one or the other mindset. You've got to be able to do both and switch whatever's required with how the game's going. So, do you think that's why like the heavy role is thought of as maybe the the hardest one to pick up because you kind of have to be good at both? Yeah, I don't know. It depends who you ask. Everyone's got a different opinion. People are like, oh, the heavy's a piece of cake. It's so boring, and some like, oh no, I don't want to play that. That's scary. Like, what whoever says that doesn't have a goddamn idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I can I can name a few names, so I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I rate heavy as one of the most difficult ones. Yeah, uh, some people say medic's the hardest, but I mean, medic just has to sit in the corner, listen to what the heavy tells him to do, and run away. Um, <laughs> this man does not represent the opinions of the the resupply podcast. <laughs> yeah. We did a whole episode on this. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to offend people, but uh, <laughs> that's not like you. <laughs> that's why we have you on, bro. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting because, um, and this I don't know if this is the point that you've got, DK, but um, like I see I see the heavy role as kind of being uh, that like captain or that there's a, like usually needs to be a relatively large amount of leadership coming out of whoever's playing that role. Um, mm, it definitely helps. That's for for damn sure. Yeah, I mean, if you think about someone like the the better heavies that we've had like baden like you you assert your dominance in the arena like um tradge out of brisbane um uh Duckman was you. pretty quiet but <laughs> i mean me, I, i've been known to throw a chair or two from time to time um <laughs> or, uh, a like, or, or a person uh, night owl <laughs> night owl's pretty you know um dom- dominant when he's at the back like can assert himself as well so i i don't know they um Th- thunder's pretty quiet in a maze but like he's one of the best heavies i've ever seen same with um and he just has a kind of natural charisma that allows other people on his team to just respond to him in, in that kind of way. And maybe Beast... It's a, it's a quiet leadership, but it's still good leadership. Maybe Beast as well, is kind of, although he's he's extremely talented. So, I mean, maybe he just rides on his talent. But, yeah, um, it, seem, it seems to be a, a role that requires, like, some leadership as well from who he was playing it, in my opinion. It definitely helps. I mean, I, I think that... It kind of is the the same thing that we said for for ammo that because you're on the back end you need to be somebody who's kind of an organizer but because you're going to need to transition to offense as well 
that means that you kind of do have to do everything. So mm. yeah, maybe the leadership component is even more important because you're sometimes going to need to be able to direct the scouts and stuff like that. Cause getting back to that, that whole, you know, one person wrecking crew idea um, that can be another frustration that I brought up during the scout podcast is kind of typical formation is the start of the game, the commander and both scouts go out and they're just on attack and the heavy is back, hopefully filling up or doing something else. Well, if the transition comes at the right time, that means that the commander and both scouts are going to come back for resupply about the same time, mm. which means the heavy doesn't have any other option than to be a one person wrecking crew. So other people on the team can respond to that and say, Hey, maybe I can help out. So the heavy doesn't have to do it all by themselves. Cause that can be very frustrating as well. Yeah. Or if like, you know, you as a heavy, you manage to kick the opposition's resupply out, but you know, you don't have a, a scout attacking with you to, to kind of mop up on the other side, wherever they're flushing to that can be that could be a little frustrating <laughs> stupid scouts <laughs> i love the scouts steve you can use uh unfortunately one of the games through the usa team at uh, brisbane nats versus you guys actually mm. there was a point where my entire team was in back tower um you guys are putting super heavy pressure on us that was in the finals I, yeah i think so yeah i was yeah. kind of mid to low as far as lies and shots when I had to make a snap decision, do I stay here and keep trying to wait off an attack? Yeah. Or do I just run through you and go after your resupply? Obviously, I just you decided to run through letter. you yeah. and <laughs> went after your resupply. And in that instance, it worked. Um, I had Josh screaming at me to come back. I had everyone yelling at me to come back. But in my mind, I was like, I've got to do something in this time because if we just sat there and took that and walled, yeah. which is the most boring thing in the world, we would have lost. We would have got absolutely hammered. I remember that so game was really close. Um, it was super close dude if we didn't get the elam on you yeah hundreds if not low thousands apart from one another yeah it was crazy and like that was that was game one of that that match as well um and after we lost that it was pretty you know we were pretty gutted because we were very very close like we had you but yeah yeah that was a that was a dog fight and that's where it comes back to the heavy has to be able to switch up and go from a defensive mindset to like all right, I've got to do something now. My team's getting smacked. Like, sometimes you just have to make those judgment calls. They're not going to work 100% of the time. But obviously, in that instance, it worked pretty well. Yeah. Um, thankfully, but... And really, like, you know, as as a counter to that, like, I uh, should have had the, you know, um, the foresight to be like, okay, so Baden's just pushed on my resup. Uh, maybe I should, you know, go deal with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things so dude you were rocking on my team um, yeah. you were you guys are going to pound town on Russ uh, which is one of his favorite pastimes um, and I just yeah, that's what talking about I know it was just a compute, complete fluke I kicked those guys off I've already forgotten what that's called um, they were the opposite the side obs, of the back tower the obstacle. Ob, yeah obstacle. and yeah. Than was booking it down towards the blue tower and I got one more lucky hit on him, which killed him out of the game, and that changed everything for us. So mm. Oof. I, was able, I was able to run back and uh, shoot you guys in the back and kick you off, and things came back. But that's where it just comes by reading the game. Yeah, I can't say more about awareness and just trying to see how the game's flowing because that can change the outcome completely. And that's the, the <laughs> stuff that becomes like it, it separates like people who can play laser tag from people who can play Space Marines, like. Um, is is the level of your awareness in the maze? Um, because once you once you can kind of think about moves and counter moves in your head during a game and react accordingly, uh, that separates you 
from you know from those sort of mid-tier players into being you know an elite <laughs> mm, that's a good point yeah that's elite i wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far <laughs> uh <laughs> i use the term it's lightly. at least a start though. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's very, very very few people i'd put in the elite category of laser tag there's maybe yeah less less than a handful like oh um, yeah and they all live in australia yeah so. yeah <laughs> yeah they, should, they certainly do <laughs> Oh, one's in Utah. He's pretty good. <laughs> Wait, Tank? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, uh, the, the Resupply is a great podcast, everybody. We're shutting it down now. <laughs> We're about to get some hate mail. <laughs> um, but yeah. Okay, so so la- last point um, on, on that. Uh, I think just as... The heavy's role as the the pace setter. It's both pace setting and the importance of resetting at the right time, which I think kind of just brings us back to the first point of managing shots and lives. It all kind of integrates with each other. Mm. Is yeah, knowing how to get those quick resets from your resupply. Ideally, you're in sync with your resupply, and they know that's what you're going to want as soon as you put down the enemy three hit. Is that you need to get resupplied right away so that your downtime largely overlaps and gives you a chance to set that path like Baden was talking about earlier. Mm. Um, if not, things get here really quick. If you're just sitting there with one hit point as a heavy and a scout gets a lucky shot on you and lets the commander walk right past you, well, rip to the resup. Yeah. Um, but then you that's when you would, you know, rely on your resup to know what they're doing um, and trust that in those situations that you drop the ball you're, the rest of your team can kind of have your back, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, it kind of gets back to my philosophy of building a Nats team, which is um, get players who don't suck. <laughs> it's it's a good strategy. <laughs> I, I've I found that it's been reasonably successful. You know, I haven't won every year, but but we've we've done okay on occasion. <laughs> but yeah, so I I yeah I think you're right. Like with most of the the kind of points, um, especially for heavy, kind of run into each other. Um, yeah, it was really hard to put together the notes for this one because I'm like, well, this is kind of like this other point, and this one is pretty much kind of a repeat of that. But it's because, yeah, there really is no hard line that separates a lot of things you need to do as a heavy. You need to do everything all the time, and you need to do it right. So <laughs> yeah. I hope that's good advice for people. Because if you don't, your team suffers. <laughs> and it's all your and fault. And you will get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm quite good at like distributing blame. So, like, I can quite easily blame the rest of my team for my mistakes. <laughs> it's or it. the chair. It's the, or the chair. I'll take it out on the chair. <laughs> How many... So, wait, wait, what, do you, what do you have for, for other uh, final thoughts or additional notes here, Baden? I think we've pretty much touched base on everything. Yeah. Everyone should know the basics of when to use the missiles and when not. And Actually, there's on... just a lot of things you have that to is, try. That's a good it. point. Let's let's talk about that. Just, yeah, on that, do you... Do you... What are your point, like thoughts on using missiles on the base? I'll only do that as a last resort because if I if the opposing team's resupply is still in the game and I'm thankfully pretty good at breaking into them, mm. if I can sink those missiles into the medic and take two lives instead of one, there can be a difference later on down the stretch. Mm. Um, missiles I only use on a base if I have no shots left and it's crunch time in a game where there's like 60 seconds left or your ammo died for some reason. Mm. Um, but I will always try and save my missiles for the medic. I think that's probably a, a good sort of transition point I recognize in newer players versus the more experienced ones. 
to encourage like newer players to conserve their shots and not have to be in resupply constantly. I have told them to use their missiles on the base because I'm not confident to get them in the players. Mm. But when they reach a point where they should be missling players more often, just from a point scoring efficiency metric, it's obviously much more efficient to use your missiles on players. And if you can get the medic, well, then that's the most efficient of all. Because mm. like you said, it's two lives instead of one. Yeah, and don't be those guys that are like, oh, yeah, just put your missiles in me because if you're missing me, you're not missing my medic. It's like, that's kind of irrelevant. I'm still getting 2,500 points of you. Thanks very much for coming along and helping me out with that. So, Yeah, that will that will never be me. I despise getting missiles. Me too. I, mean, I always have a goal going into every tournament that I'm like, okay, I'm not going to take any missiles this tournament. And I usually ruin it by like the, the second or third game, but it's a good goal anyway. I do not want to mention how many times someone has just stood there and been like, ah, yeah, missile me because that way you're not going to medic. And then... As fate would have it, I've reset them off the base. One instance, I got three missiles into them. Um, my commander happened to nuke at the same time, and they died. Oh, was like, well, brutal. That's a, that's a poor strategy. By, usually they died by one or two lives. And if they had just eight, three missiles, guess what? They would have had like two or three lives left to get back to the resupply. Yeah. So yeah. By, by all means, if you're happy to take a missile, so you it doesn't stand in front of me all day. <laughs> and, and not to make this about stats or MVP or anything like that, because I, I don't think that you really should be stat padding per se, but mm. it does make a difference. And some people say, well, the heavy kind of needs, you know, more help. It seems like the heavy is so like feast or famine, either they can have a really good game. and still come out with a low MVP score unless they get those missiles off. And my reply to that is usually, uh, yeah, because if the heavy gets their missiles off, that really helps the team in yeah. a lot of occasions. That is something that should be rewarded. Yeah. Can you get all five off into players every game? No, probably not, but it's, a good goal to, to have because that's you know a net balance of 3,000 points for, for your team that's a lot of points mm. that can really help your team I, from previous tournaments looking back Heavy's won MVP substantially more than any other several position. times mm. several times it's been a lot these last few tournaments and I, um, it's probably a lot of that does come down to missiles like because you I mean obviously you don't get the MVP points using them on a base right <laughs> So, Correct. Like, so, I mean, yeah, if, if if stats are important to you, then that's a good reason to kind of, you know, use them on players as opposed to the base. Um, yeah, but, but that, that's just kind of a general note for when we kind of designed the, the MVP system, which, you know, I'll give a big shout out to, to Night Owl, to Tragedy, um, to Than and other people who are instrumental in kind of determining what different things should be emphasized in the game that, yeah, it is possible to do none of the things that score the the big points and still be a very good contributing member of your team is heavy. But I'm never going to say that getting your missiles into opposing players is bad. It's always better to do that than not. Yeah. So yes, that it, that should be a point of emphasis. And the fact that they're worth twice as much for heavy as a commander as a way of compensating for the fact that they don't get nukes or things like that, mm. that has sometimes made the difference of why heavy can win the MVP. Mm. And, you know, I, I guess we could discuss whether or not it's, too easy for the heavy to win the MVP, but you're still going to have to to do, you know, a lot of things. It'd be nice if we could rejig that because I'd love to see a medic or an ammo take MVP out over a three hit. Um, obviously, okay. if the ammo dies, that's bad news for everyone. You t- I don't remember last time seeing an ammo in the twenty something years I've been playing where they won. It's hard because, uh, like, you know, if you look at other sports and the way that they kind of work. <laughs> So, you know, maybe for football, like, usually the MVP is 
is like an attacking player specifically the quarterback like um and that's because they have a larger um a larger influence on the outcome of the game yeah some of it can be self-fulfilling because on laser force teams well who are the best players on each team what are they usually playing they're usually playing heavy and commander so it is kind of something's going to be a self-selecting group of well yeah no wonder the mvp was a heavier commander because those are the best players yeah but I, I do, I do agree, Baden, that it would it would be nice if the positions really did have kind of an, an equal chance to to win that. But that's mm-hmm. why I think having the positional awards and still having a vote based award is still an important component of the the tournament. Yeah, because my thing is, how is your heavy going to win MVP if they don't have any shots or lives? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Who'd I really could not agree be? more. But that, I mean, that's that's the, that's the like basis of all team sports, though. You know, like generally, you can't. Work without the rest of your team, like, yeah. But going back to like, like the missiles, um, like for the longest time, my my default would be to to use two on the bases, like, at probably until the last maybe five years, um, and, I, like I think that was maybe like a culture thing, like maybe coming up, uh, most three hits would use, you know a missile per base and then maybe get one or two others off into other players but you know i th- it may have been uh, from talking to people on the international scene saying well actually you know you're probably better off using them on other players <laughs> um because you don't get your missiles back you know like once you use them you use them yeah if if you're playing you know absolutely optimally perfectly as a heavy then obviously your missiles are going to be much better used going into enemy players than going into a base Mm. because right you're not maximizing your your points that you can get and right the the enemy doesn't lose any points for you missling a base Mm. they lose 100 points if they get missiled Mm. yeah so i mean i would i now sort of advise players who are sort of who are coming up and have a good grasp on how to actually missile somebody to look for those missiles um especially in a reset situation you know like if <laughs> there's nothing quite as magical walking into a reset you put three people down and then missile two of them you know on their way out so yeah i think that that's why i put in my notes that that the reset function is so crucial for the heavy to know both on offense and on defense Absolutely. on defense you need to be getting reset by your resupply at the most opportune time to conserve your shots and lives and Mm. get your team in a good position. And on offense, you need to be taking advantage of those resets to keep the enemy three hits down, to get your missiles off, to really put the pressure and break a team. Um, I'd go so far as to say, like, you know, being aware of uh, resetting off your ammo as well. Like, um, if if you've got an enemy commander trying to break your resupply... If you can take an extra life off them because you, you know, you took one from your ammo, assuming that your ammo is relatively full on life. Um, which they should be. Which they should be. Um, no one knows what it is to give you a reset instead of resupplying you when you ask for a gun. Oh, God. <laughs> reset, what? Fuck. So you're yeah, that, that, that is a uh, communication point that it's probably good to clarify with your team before a tournament starts about what your different call-outs mean. Yeah. I wish I could say that it didn't happen a lot. It happens a lot. So, yeah, you can have shots resupplied. All right, have fun dealing with that commander that's about to run down the ramp and absolutely just annihilate you. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate when that happens. <laughs> but yeah, like if you can, um, 
yeah, if you can utilize your other team members to to um uh, to cause the opposition to be less effective, then, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, if you, if you can get a missile off of the cost of one life off your ammo, you know, sure, you lose 120 points off your team for shooting the ammo, but you're going to get 600 back on net from missling an enemy team member. So that is still a much better kind of balance of points on the whole. So, I, yeah, again, I, we could probably keep talking about how to play heavy properly forever, but I, I think, again, my just general philosophy would be uh, do all the things and do them well so that way your team succeeds and you don't get yelled at. <laughs> yeah, unless you are the leader, and in which case you do the, the yelling. It's, uh, it's an interesting... <laughs> well, that is a style of leadership. <laughs> yeah. One might argue it's not the most effective, but... It's never hey, my we're seasoned now. We don't yell at anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't yell at anyone. No. Yeah, sometimes you need to build up your team's confidence. Kyrie Irving, piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. That's that's for a different podcast. He'd, he'd make a we, great were do- we were doing so well at keeping on topic of a heavy. I was uh, yeah. about to praise you guys and be like, "Wow, we actually stayed on topic." <laughs> um, cool. Well, look, that's probably uh, that's probably going to do us for the heavy deep dive. Uh, unless you want to add anything, no, I'm I'm just looking forward to maybe uh, trying out this whole heavy thing in a in a few weeks because we're now under a month until the tournament starts. That's so close, man! I'm so amped. <laughs> Everything's Definitely basically looking forward booked, to July. booked and paid for. And um, I hope I can see you guys. Well, yeah, like we, at the very least, we'll we'll uh, catch up for a meal, hopefully. You can just wave at me on a robot. something out. I told you, just park the train at Lasers, and you'll already be there. It'll save so much time. Yeah, I don't think that'll work very well. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks, Baden, for for joining us and giving us your uh, expertise, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I apologize for all the hate mail you're getting for having me on your podcast, but I'm right, used to it. <laughs> that's okay i can can already hear zach getting excited in the background so shout out to you venom we got brew on for you that should only be hate now from one side so it'll be good (laughs) Uh, all right well for this week i've been guy next door and i've been dk always remember to backtrack kids we will see you next week